Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Well, uh, once again, it is, it's a little different, uh, but it is always good to be in, in the house of God, being um, you know, with you, even though I can't see you, I know you're with us, and it is very different. And I told the guys here that are here helping us, we walked in, looked around, looks like uh, we might have missed the rapture. <laughs> no, I was just joking, amen. Uh, can literally count the cars today on the way in. Uh, traffic is usually a little lighter on Sundays, but today was even more so. Uh, but I do believe and I do know something good is going to come out of this. And I tell you what is happening right now is that the church is showing um, how alive we are in the world today by streaming online, all these platforms right now. You don't see the Christian faith and what we stand for in our beliefs, usually a whole lot on the internet and on these social media platforms. But today, today, thousands of churches are streaming online and all over the world and all these social media is coming into millions of homes. I want you to see that. People that are normally not churchgoers, uh, and maybe we have some today. I pray that we have some today that are logging on and just wanting to see what this is all about. Nothing else better to do. You took a break from your Netflix binge watching and, and you're kind of interested. I believe God has directed you here. In fact, we've got a team of people praying for you right now. That you would just open your heart and, and kind of look and take another look at God and this thing called faith. And Jesus all over again. And I believe we could see a great awakening happen right after this thing. And this is exactly the kind of thing that we read about in the Bible, where the Bible describes that the um, things are like this are going to happen in the last days. There's mentions of this in Revelation. And, and it's easy. And, and for years, people, skeptics, have read those passages and said, man, there's no way in the world that something like that could happen. Not with modern medicine and not with modern technology. And, and no way, not, not at least not in America, because we are you know, so strong. Well, you are seeing, I, I, don't know, I don't care if you're an atheist or you're agnostic or anything, anyone, whatever your belief is. You've got to stop and look and see what has happened. That the whole country, the whole world has come to a halt in 24 hours. Exactly what the Bible talks about can happen in the last days. This isn't a time to panic. This is an, an opportunity. I believe an invitation that God is saying, hey, come to me. Open up your heart to me. Take another look into my life. So I want you to open your Bibles if you have your Bibles with you. You can go to your phones, and maybe you don't have a Bible. Uh, you can go on your phone and just type in Acts chapter 20, A-C-T-S chapter 20, Acts 20. There's a story there, one of my favorite heroes of the Bible, the Apostle Paul. And he has experienced in some hardships in his life, some unexpected um, crisis has hit. And he is on his way to Rome and eventually to Spain. He's got plans, but it was disrupted by all of these crises and, and hardships. But he, he has an attitude, and this is one of my favorite passages in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20. 
And uh, down in verse 22 through 24, we'll use this as a text and then we'll kind of move around in this chapter. And Paul says this, he says, And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. All I know is that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. But I love this, listen. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus. None of these things move me. None of these things that's going on around me, these hardships, these I, I knew that they were coming. I knew that the Holy Spirit has told me that things like this is going to happen in my lifetime. But he said, I'm not going to allow any of these things to uh, move me away from what, God, what I've got my mind set to do. What, what's, he, what's he describing here? He's describing what I want to talk to you about today is being immune spiritually. Spiritually immune, immunity. The word immune means to have the ability to be protected or exempt from something. Listen to that. The ability to be protected or exempt from something. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that as people are listening to this message right now, as we look into the life of the Apostle Paul and the words that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, we would need them today. I pray, God, that you would bring comfort into the living rooms and wherever people are watching this today, whether they're watching it live right now or later on this week, however they get this message, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, draw them to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This virus has, actually, has disrupted everything, all aspects of life. It has our daily routines, our relationships, you see people and you don't know what to hug them or handshake them or elbow bump. It's just you don't know what to do. And we're trying our best to get a, a handle on this thing and flatten the curve and all these things. And we got these new words, social distancing. And it's just bizarre, really, to be honest with you, of all this thing that is happening. And they're trying to get control of this thing and, and, and so we can move on with our lives. And hopefully we are. We're praying uh, for that to happen, and we're doing our best. But it's disrupted everything. It's disrupted our it's sports. If you watch uh, on, on television, there's nothing. You watch the sports section, and they have nothing to report. Uh, although there's some news in football, and uh, we are. I'm praying that this does not interrupt the football season in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, I know the NFL draft is coming, and so uh, yeah, we'll see that anyway. So, but uh, it has interrupted everything. Um, it's in, interrupted our, our daily lives. But here's the point. There is, there is one place, one area where this thing does not have to interrupt, where it does not have to touch, where this virus cannot touch, and that is our spiritual life, our spirit, our faith. Our faith and our spirit, that's where our strength comes from. That's where our hope comes from. That's where our fight comes from. That's what's happening with, with the Apostle Paul here. He's facing all these hardships in the natural. But he says, none of these things are affecting me in my spirit. None of these things are bothering me in my faith. In fact, this is how we overcome this virus. This is how we overcome these disruptions is by we're going to do it through our spirit. How our spirit goes determines how our life goes. 
You could be having everything go right in our lives. You can have money in the bank, a good job, a healthy body, a good family. Everything's going right. But you could be the most miserable person on planet Earth on the inside, dealing with all kinds of anxieties and depressions and fears and, and all these things. You could be just, just be broken. What's wrong? It's your spirit that needs to be awakened. It's our spirit that needs to be repaired. Flip that around on the other side. As a believer, a person that has your spiritual uh, life in tune with God, you could be going through the hardest time of your life, like the Apostle Paul. Your health could be failing. You, your body could be failing, but your spirit is Im- immune, and you are, you are making it through. You can make, this is how we have made it through as a country, through some of the hardest times. I was reading in World War I, in World War II, there's books written on how faith sustained the American people, how the president would lead us into prayer over the radio every night, and the books and the history says it would calm the nerves of the American people. What was that? It was because people had something greater than ourselves to look at. And it's God. And let me tell you something. He is still there today. And just like we got it through other times in history, we're going to get through the coronavirus. And that's the same way we're going to get through this. Not in the natural. I pray we do have a remedy. I pray we do get some sort of a vaccine or, or an antidote or whatever. I pray that that happens in Jesus' name. But this could happen again, God forbid, 10, 5 years from now, 5, 10 years or whatever. I'm saying we've got to get used to be, find a place where we can be safe and we can, we can overcome in our spirit, be spiritually immune. This is how Job made it through his trials. The book of Job, it's right in the middle of the Bible, easiest book to find. And I believe God has it there because it can relate to everybody. What sustained Job through his hard times was his faith. In Jesus. And so as you look through chapter 20, you see a couple of things that the Apostle Paul, how he lived his life as a person that was spiritually immune. It, wasn't, it didn't mean he wasn't physically immune, as I, as I told you, and as he said, he, the Holy Spirit told him that in every city he would encounter, <laughs> think about this, it would be nothing but hardships awaiting him. Now, when he said hardships, he met difficult times. This man was, was beaten with rods. He was uh, persecuted for preaching about Jesus Christ. He was stoned. Have you ever been hit with a rock? He was, he was stoned with rocks. I remember being a kid. We used to play on the railroad tracks and, and by my house being in E-Course. And we had railroad tracks everywhere. And, of course, we wouldn't play when the trains would be coming through. But anyway, uh, there would be a lot of rocks there. And we would take our baseball bats up there and we'd pick up rock and we'd hit it with, with our baseball bat. And we would just see how far we can hit it. Just sit there. i never forget. I was looking for some rocks and we're kids not paying attention. And I turned around to one of my friends. Yep, you guessed it. Hit it. And it hit me right here in the collarbone. I'll never forget it, man. It, it burned and stung like fire. Lit me up, man. And it just hurt. I act like it didn't hurt, you know. And I just, but when I walked away, it hurt. And I'll never for, I never forgot that feeling. That's what, exactly what this man, I can only imagine what it would be like for people to pick up a handful of rocks and throw them at you. That's what this Apostle Paul is talking about here. He knew that hardships were awaiting him, things like that, by being stoned and, and beaten. And then he had natural disasters that, that he was affected by. He was on a ship, and he was shipwrecked. 
And he had a storm. It was a hurricane actually happened. And his, the ship was ripped apart. And he spent a, a, a day and a night in the sea hanging on to some, some debris. It's just amazing what you read what this man went through. But he said, I wasn't affected. I was protected in my spirit. It didn't bother me in my faith. It didn't affect that part of me or where my true joy and my true peace came from. And I just want to speak to somebody here today. Maybe you are, you're really afraid. Maybe you do have a loved one in your family or household that has been affected by this virus. Maybe you're elderly or you're like me. You had a pre-existing thing happen to you with pneumonia and you're kind of, you know, kind of concerned and, and afraid that this, you don't want to get, I don't want to get this virus. I don't want anybody to get it. But it's a, it's a respiratory bug. It's really nasty. Maybe you're kind of concerned about it. You're afraid. But I'm telling you, it is possible for you to get to the place in your spirit. It's a place for, it is possible for you to be immune to the fear and the worry and the panic of this thing. And that's exactly what we're looking at. And so just a couple of things here as you look through the book of Acts chapter 20. The Apostle Paul tells us in verse 17, there's just a few things here. Verse 17 through 19, it says, From Miletus he sent to Ephesus, and he called for the elders of the church. Now he's on his way to um, Rome and eventually to Spain. And so this is his journey. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived. Look at that. I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. I love that. I always lived among you. What he's saying is that in spite of all the trials that I was facing in every city, as I just mentioned to you, he says, one thing I want you to pay attention to, that I'm not perfect, he said, but I was always able to live in humility and live as an example of a Christian man, of a Christian person. And I just want to say, when we are spiritually immune, that means we need to be a people that lives by principles and not by panic. To be, to, when we're spiritually immune, that means we can live by principles and not by panic or not by pressure. And that's exactly what he's saying here is that I'm a person of principles. I'm a person that lives by my principles in spite of what I'm facing. I'm not going to be pressured to, to, uh, into doing something that I know I shouldn't do. You know, it's, this is how Job made it through uh, his difficult time. He was sick, and his wife came to him and said, said Job, you're serving God, and you're, you're a man of faith, but yet you find yourself uh, sitting on these ashes because he was so in, in pain and agonizing with boils all over his body, and he was having to put ashes, and he was just in a, a very, very difficult and dark time of his life. And his wife came to him and said, why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with. I mean, I mean, she's just pressuring him to, to just give up faith and give up his hope and give up his trust in his Christian values because his whole life was falling apart. But I love what he said. He said it to his wife. He said, you sound like a foolish woman. He said, even though if God strikes me dead, yet will I serve him. He's a man that was spiritually immune to what was happening to his physical body and all around him. 
we get a lot of things going on, panic, and of course, you watch the news, and I watch the news because we need to be informed. And I think we need to balance that. It's like if you watch the news, you know, you're not, you're uninformed. And if you, you don't, if you're not informed correctly, you're misinformed, and you get really in trouble. So you do need to watch and see what's going on and keeping up, but you can't, we got to be balanced with that. Make sure we're in the Word of God. I gave you a quarantine challenge last week, and I, it still stands. And if you missed it, it's, it's just three things. I, I said, while you're quarantined in the house, make sure, number one, increase your devotional time with Jesus. This is a perfect opportunity for you to spend more time with God. There's great books out, and, and we're going to be advertising some of these books and promoting some of these books on our social medias and in the days to come that we recommend from all ministries. And I know our Ladies Life Group is going through an amazing book that uh, it's not supposed to be this way. And uh, you, you get those resources. Our men was going through John Brevere's book, Killing Kryptonite. It's, hey, you can read those things. You can, you can get them uh, to you and, and just build up your spiritual uh, immunity, if you will. Check in on the elderly and those in need. Of course, continue to do that. Uh, help spread faith and not fear. That's exactly what we need to do. But we need to be a people that lives by principles. This is how people that are, are spiritually immune, we live by our principles. We look out for one another. You know, you, you go grocery shopping. I know you're tempted to get angry at that, at that person in front of you that just grabbed 10 bottles of mustard off the shelf. Have no idea, by the way, why you would need 10 bottles of mustard. Uh, you know, the, the CEO of Kroger was just on the news the other day, and she said, I just want to let all Michigan and uh, people know, she's a representative of the state of Michigan, that we have plenty of food and that we got warehouses stocked of food. I, they need to replay that and to ease our, our, our minds that we've, we're not going to run out of food. We're going to be fine. And, and so we need to be uh, mindful of that and, and, you know, help spread that around and look out for one another. What did Jesus say? He said we need to be a people of principles. He said if you got two tunics and your neighbor asks you for one, give them one of your tunics. Well, let's say it today. If you got two rolls of toilet paper and your neighbor comes over and asks, hey, then you give them a roll of toilet paper. Amen? Why? We live by, don't be panicked. Oh, no, this is the only one I got. No, 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 no. We live by principles because God is our source. Let me tell you that. God knew this thing was going to happen. They're not in heaven, quarantined in heaven and having any kind of shortages in heaven. I'm telling you, the Bible says that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He says the gold is his, the silver is his. He, he has anything that we need, and he's got, a, he's got ways that he can provide for us. So we need, we are, those that are believing this, you'll be spiritually immune. Then verse 20, I love this. It says, continuing on in this chapter, as he began to move forward, he says, I want you to see, again, he's talking to the people as he's saying goodbye. He says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but I proclaimed it to you and I taught you <coughs> publicly and from house to house. I love that. Publicly and from house to house. You know what he's saying? Some cities were larger cities, and he, they had a venue for him to do a public gathering. And people would gather to him. Like when he went to um, Aeropagus at Mars Hill, he was, he was able to stand there and fill with the Holy Spirit and boldness, and he preached to them the gospel. He had, there were some cities that had a venue like that where we came together. And that's like we do on Sundays. We come together. And one of the highlights of coming to church, and I said it to Melinda on the way in, I said this is, uh, this is one of the things I look forward to is 
not only worshiping God, but being with one another. And now that we haven't been able to do that, I'm sure you feel what we're feeling, kind of miss that, missing those hugs. And I'm a hugger, I am. I get that from my mama, who's watching right now. My mama is a hugger. She just loves to hug people. She's a lover. And, she, you know, that's that we, we need. I love what Melinda was saying. You know, that's uh, something that we need to do. Uh, and, and it's perfectly fine. It's part of our human interaction. We kind of miss that. We kind of miss handshakes and, and talking with, with the fellows of the ladies and talking with families. And we kind of miss that. And that's what Paul was doing. He had, the, he had the publicly, but I want you to see what he did. He came to some villages where that wasn't possible. So what did he do? He went house to house. What am I saying? What, what he's doing is he's saying, I, was, I valued the mission more than the methods. I value the mission more than the methods. This is somebody who is spiritually immune. Listen, when, when, that's what we're doing as a church. It, it, this is a different method. A method on Sundays is when we come together. And we love our methods. And a lot of times, sometimes we can get hung up in our methods and in our tradition. We have our favorite Bible translation. And we don't even like to associate, some people won't even like to associate with others that aren't of the same persuasion or of the same method. I'm telling you something, we can't love the method more than the message. God hasn't called us to methods. He has called us to the mission. And the message never changes, but the methods always change. This is one right here. And I think it's a great method because now we are reaching and talking to people who normally wouldn't hear what happens here on Sunday. And some of you may, may be a skeptic of church and of God or whatever. And I'm not here talking about religion today. I'm talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. But it's about we love our methods. But I want you to see Jesus was never hung up on methods. He, he would eat with sinners. He would sit down and he would eat with sinners. you ever notice that? He would, he would eat with people that were of different beliefs and all kinds of different issues in their life. And one of the problems of the church is we don't know enough sinners. We don't, we don't know enough people who, are, who don't believe the same way that we do. It's, it's good and it's healthy for you and I to sit down and talk to people with a different perspective because not everybody sees it the way we see it. But you'll never do that if we're more in love with our methods than we are the mission. See, the Pharisees were too spiritual for that. We as a church, we are the church. We are called to represent Christ and influence others. We are called to make a difference. We are called to love God and serve people. Come on, River of Life, say it in your living room. Why? Because we are the church. One time in Mark chapter 2, you can read one of these examples where Jesus was preaching and the, and the house was crowded with people. They were not practicing social distancing. And the Bible says they couldn't even get to Jesus. And so four guys had a friend that needed Jesus. And this guy wasn't able to come to Jesus. And so the four friends did something unorthodox. They climbed up on the roof. I've been to Israel. And they believe this happened in Peter's house. And I've been to the house and I saw this. And they ripped the roof open. And they lowered their friend down on four ropes. While Jesus was teaching and preaching, this man was dropped right in the front of Jesus. And he didn't rebuke them for being different. He didn't rebuke them because their method was different. But the Bible says when he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, why? Because faith has actions. When he saw their faith, he actually healed that man. You see, his friends did whatever it took to get the man to Jesus. 
And we at River of Life and churches all over the place are doing whatever it takes to get the message out to everybody. And the message is that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and that he does love you and that he's in control and he's going to get us through this. Amen? But we can't value the methods more than the mission. And this is, um, this is really, as I'm starting to close down here in verse 21, this is how you become spiritually immune. Paul drops the gospel in right here in verse 21. He says this, I also went house to house testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, watch this, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at those two beautiful words, repentance and faith. This is the gospel message. I pray churches all over the place are preaching the gospel. This is the gospel. We need to get back to the gospel. Gospel simply means good news. This is the good news. This is what Paul went everywhere, in every city, even though he was facing hardships. He was determined to preach this good message of repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. Watch how these two go together. These two is how you and I become spiritually immune. This is how we get into the secret place of the Most High. This is how we become born again. We become awoke or awakened to truth. Jesus said we must be born again. This is how you do it. Faith and repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is meaning simply this, a change of mind, a change of direction. It simply means a change. You were going in this direction. You were living your life this way. You were doing this. And then you had an encounter with Jesus. You heard the gospel, the good news, what I'm giving you today, that Jesus has died for your sins and he loves you and has a plan for your life. You heard that message and you said, God, I need you into my life. Because I'm not spiritually immune. I feel like I'm losing my ever-loving mind. I, I have no peace. I'm up all night. I, I feel shame. I feel condemned from the things that I did. The lifestyle that I'm in. It, it didn't bring me happiness. I'm not sustained in it. It brought me temporary relief, but now more bondage. And it's just a cycle that I'm stuck in. What you need, friend, is you need repentance. This is what happened to me on November the 5th, 1997. I was living my life, I was, and I got so tired of doing it. I was, at first, it was all fun, the drugs and the alcohol and living the life any way out, anything I wanted to do, whatever I felt like doing. Everybody else was doing it. I was doing it. There were some times that I thought was good times, but it always led me to more brokenness. It led me to more loneliness. It, I was, like I say, I was always drinking, but always thirsty. I was always wanting something more. I always would come down, and, and I would just, you know, try to self medicate myself and I ended up getting to the place where I had addictions in my life and I couldn't stop. I couldn't turn around on my own. I even tried it and I couldn't. This young man married with two small children and I didn't want my daughters to, to grow up in that kind of life. I had a job. I had money. I thought I had faith. I believed in a God and when things got really, really bad, I would pray. I didn't have no Facebook in those days, but I guarantee you if I did, I would share scripture every now and then, or I would say something very inspirational about God. But to be honest with you, I was still living the life the way I wanted to live and not the way God said to live. What was I needing? I was needing repentance. Listen, America needs repentance. Our world needs repentance. Everybody does. Jesus taught in Luke 13. He said, everyone must repent or we will all perish. That's what he said. We need to repent. Repentance means this. And on November 5th, 1997, 25 years old, I said, God, 
I don't know if I can live this life. I really don't. Because I did enjoy, I did love some of that. I was addicted to it. I loved it. If you knew me, you knew exactly. I wouldn't go, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I wouldn't go anywhere without having that substance in my life and those things in my life. I tried to be better, and I would have little bits of times, seasons where I seemed to be doing better, but it was the same old cycle. Inside, I was broken. Inside, I was spiritually dead. What happened? I repented. Please listen. I repented. The Bible says repentance is actually a gift. And God gave me repentance on November 5th, 1997. I said, God, I know you're real. I know you're there. I just don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I can turn my life for you. But I, I turn to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Take this shame, guilt, these addictions out of my life. If you can break these addictions from the alcohol and from the drugs, if you can do that, God, then please do it in my life. I got to my hotel room that night, and I opened up the drawer, and I, my first Bible was left there by Gideon's, the Gideon Bible, and I opened it up. And the first thing I heard God speak to me, God can speak to you. He speaks to your spirit, what I'm talking to you about today. And it comes up in your mind. And the first, it was this idea, it was this, this thought that came in to that hotel room over in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it said, Eddie, I want you to relearn everything all over again of what you thought you knew about me. That's a message for somebody here today. Maybe you were in church for a long time and something happened in church and you were hurt. You were let down. You were whatever. You kind of got off in your belief system or busy. And you kind of have God in this little compartment. I'm, God is saying, you know what? Turn from that way of living. Turn to me. And I did what the prodigal son did. I came to my senses and said, man, my life is messed up. I came to my senses. Listen, you can look around and say, wow, if this thing can happen, then maybe the Bible is true. And if the Bible is true, then there is a God. Then Jesus did come. Jesus did die. And the good news is that means I can be forgiven and I can be saved. Well, let me, hear, let me tell you this. God is real and the Bible is true. You can turn to him right now and say, God, forgive me. Come into my life. I repent. And I did. I repented. I turned. I, I called my wife on the phone and I said, honey, I said, what do you think about going to church? She said, well, if that'll help you, I'll go. I didn't know. I wasn't inviting someone to become religion. Again, I'm not religious. And, and please, you know, when you talk about this, what I'm saying, we have a tendency to put God in this box over here that we got marked religion. And so it represents everything that has ever happened, our experience to religion. Maybe you've had someone who was supposed to be religious and they did live a certain way or they let you down or whatever. And so if anyone talks to you about God, you say, yeah, they're religious and you put them in that same box. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you that I'm not here to offer. We don't offer that here. Jesus never offered that here. That's a method. What Jesus is offering and what I'm offering you is a living, life-changing relationship with God. We started going to church, got me a Bible. And this November, it'll be 23 years, listen, that I've been clean and sober, and here's the biggest part, and loving it. Loving it. Loving it. I've never been more happier Man, I have my ups and downs. Like the Apostle Paul, he said, man, I face trials and hardships just like everybody else. There was people in the Bible of great faith that had their faith tested. Even John the Baptist 
the greatest prophet that Jesus said ever lived. He was the one that said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And things didn't work out in his life like he thought they would work out. And he found himself, remember that story, asking, Jesus, are you the one or should we be waiting for another? Those stories are left in the Bible so we can relate to them. That, hey, we all have our down times. We all have those moments where we're like, what's going on? Is this really real? Is this really, is God still with me? Well, we got to keep reading those stories. We got to keep reading the Bible and learning the Bible because the Bible says he will always lead us to a place of triumph. And Jesus said to John the Baptist, and he's saying to you, yes, I am real. Go back and tell John that the sick are healed. The dead has risen from the dead. I still open up blinded eyes. And I will, even though I die, I will be raised from the dead. Let me tell you something. Jesus did walk on planet Earth. He did die on a cross for you. He is able to forgive us of all of our sins because he died on that cross. And we're, we're going right into the Easter season, the resurrection season, to celebrate that. And we will celebrate that. Hopefully this thing is lifted and we're able to be corporately together worshiping God. But if not, we're talking already about some ideas that we have. And we will, we'll see, but we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he has risen from the dead. That's repentance. And what faith is there is that scripture says, repentance and believe, repent and believe. You repent because you believe. What is faith? Faith produces change. If faith isn't changing you, then we don't have saving faith. Faith has that repentant element in it. And that's what brought him to that last part. Because faith isn't about how much you believe, but how long you believe it. Listen to that. Faith isn't about how much you believe, but how long you're going to believe it. That's, that's faith. And Paul demonstrated that he believed for the long haul in that first scripture that I put up. And we'll close with that in verse 22 through 24. See, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Now he says, because the Holy Spirit, even though the hardships are coming, what did he say? None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish the race. What is he saying? I'm spiritually immune, so I have chosen not to fear, but to finish. He's saying that. That's the last thing today that I wanted to share with you. He, when we're spiritually immune, we don't have to be we don't have to give up on what we have committed to do. Paul, if he would be speaking to us today, he would be saying, I didn't know that the coronavirus would happen, but I did know that the Holy Spirit has told me that hardships await for me. That even though the coronavirus is happening and, and, and America may be shut down, he said, God is not shut down. He is still open. And none of these things are going to move me from what I've committed to do. I'm going to finish my walk with God. I'm going to finish the ministry. I'm going to finish what God started. There's actually a scripture verse in the Bible that says God will finish what he started in your life and maybe at one time he started something wonderful in your life and you're watching this and laying in bed laying on the couch wherever you are and you're saying I need to finish I need to allow God I wish God would finish what he started in me because I did feel that passion that that and what you're describing that power and that energy whatever word you want to use at one time in my life 
that I've kind of drifted away, life happened or whatever, and I'm not there. All you, all you got to do to get that spiritual immunity back, what I love about God, is you can, he never runs out of the vaccine, spiritually speaking. He never runs out of his Holy Spirit of forgiveness to allow you to get back to that place. You got to repent and believe. I want to pray with you right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from. It's a simple prayer. It's a prayer, a prayer I prayed 23 years ago, and I meant it. I asked God to forgive me, come into my life, change me. I prayed similar prayers when I was really in trouble, when I was in the legal system and in, in jail, and really at a low point in my life. I would pray, I'd break down, I'd pray, but I, would, I wouldn't repent. Remember that. God's wanting to change us from the inside out during this downtime. You got more time now. Study the scriptures. Read that entire story. Read the Bible. Get it deep in your spirit so change can really happen. You can be born again of the spirit. So when this thing lifts, you'll find yourself worshiping with us at a church somewhere. Because now you are born again. You are part of the body of Christ. And there's no, let me tell you something. I say this all the time. There is no high like the most high. There's no greater feeling than knowing that you are walking with God, raising your family in the faith, raising your family to know God. Being a man, let me speak to our men out there today. You are the priest of your home. God can anoint you and he can equip you to be that very thing. I don't care what your past is like. He can make it new again in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus. For I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins. And I confess today that I make him my Lord. And I ask you, God, that I, that I could be spiritually immune. Let me be born again. Let me be awakened spiritually to you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. From this day forward, help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you Wednesday on our Facebook at 7 o'clock or next Sunday at 1030. God bless you. Let's keep praying. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.